You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, broadcast live to air on Edge Radio 99.3 FM and proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. The Dice Men Cometh! Hello everyone, this is Mark. This is Leon. And Garth. And here we are, all in our little social isolation for, well, let's call it episode... Three hundred and two thirds, just to be old school, not metric. And you might have guessed, but we're all sitting in our individual lounge rooms, bedrooms, offices, wherever we are, talking into our computers. Yes, I'm sitting in my office, looking at a picture at the uh, the DC bombshells, which is a much nicer view than what I normally have in the studio. And for me, it is so comfortable to be able actually talking to you guys in my underpants. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let us not give the listeners that visualisation. But obviously, the reason we're here, firstly, well, we're following all the rules for social isolation as it is best to do at this time. And we hope you're all safe. But secondly, and probably more importantly, is... The Edge Radio studio is shut down and out of bounds to us, Dice Men, and all other radio presenters. But we wanted to make sure that we gave you something to listen to while you're sitting at home, in your underpants or whatever you're sitting in, with your families, staying safe. Now, we're still thinking through what that is going to look like over the next coming days, weeks, months. But in the meantime, Garth... Yes, you were on ABC Radio as a special guest the other day, weren't you? I absolutely was. I was contacted by a good friend of the show and Nerdzilla host Joel Reinberger, who is also an ABC presenter, and he wanted me to sit down and chat with him via long-distance telecommunications and talk about board gaming and how it can help us all during these self-isolation times. So it was just a little chat on a Saturday morning. Uh, it was lucky enough to then be picked up uh, and featured as the ed- editor's choice on ABC, so went nationwide. And it was a, a good chat between Joel and I just about how board gaming can help ease some of those burdens that we're all going to have to endure through with uh, the nature of isolation. What do you reckon, Leon? Was it an amazing interview? Well, I think it was horrible, mainly because it was definitely better than the one I did about a month or so ago. So I'm just a wee bit jealous. But yes, no, it was very <laughs> informative. And uh, no, it was, it was good, good to give out the advice to all the folk out there considering the amount of people sitting at home right now, as our slow internet can attest to. And hopefully, Garth, if you've got uh, some good plugins about DiceMenCometh.com and the DiceMenCometh podcast, we've now got, instead of our usual thousands of listeners, we've got hundreds of thousands of listeners. So firstly, hello to all you new listeners who've come in at a very strange time indeed. Oh, yes. Hello. And Mark, I couldn't have been more excited to hear that your mother even listen to my interview live. That made my day. <laughs> she sure did. She tunes in sometimes on a Thursday night. She doesn't really understand what she's listening to, but she knows it sounds good and professional. Well, that's all we can hope for. So anyway, we still have to thank our sponsor, LFG. Mm. We are not in the Edge Radio studios, as you know, so we're not going to be saying 99.3 FM for the next little while anyway. But LFG, lfg-oz.com.au. Thank you. They are brilliant. 
what else do we want to say? Is there more patter we want to put into this or do we want to just leave it as that and, and put out a shorter episode? So with everybody in their home little offices and kitchens and wherever else they are around Australia at the moment, this is pretty much how we're going to be doing the show for a little while. It is not ideal for us at all. We quite like our little room there at Ed Radio, the studio. But for the moment, this will do just fine. Um, and we will try and get out as much content as we normally can, hopefully still put out our episode once every week. It might take us a little bit to get some of the, the tech stuff down, but people that have been listening for a long time know that that's tech stuff's not really our cup of tea anyway. But while everyone else is at home, feel free to send as much correspondence and pictures and videos and anything to all of our socials and just get a bit of chat going amongst everybody else. I'm sure a lot of people are sitting at home going a bit stir crazy and showing people the games you're playing and how you're kind of getting over the boredom would be absolutely great. What do you think, Marky boy? Yeah, look, I think, Leon, that it's such a good idea for us to to get to see what people are up to out there. Maybe we might be able to throw some sort of, oh, I don't know, a competition together. What do you think, Garth? I love competitions. Can I win? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, even so, I think we'll work out some details, but needless to say, all our listeners should keep a pretty close eye on our Facebook page because I'm pretty sure that we'll have some upcoming exciting news, don't we reckon, lads? Absolutely. And look, for those people who are new, welcome to all of you. Check us out. We are Dice Men Cometh on Facebook. We are at Dice Men Cometh on Twitter at Dice Men Cometh on Instagram. And if you want to contact us, you can message us on Facebook or you can email us to DiceMenCometh at gmail.com. How's that for consistency, Leon? Sounds rather good. And especially if you are a new listener or one that's been around for many years, but you're looking for something to do, how about you go and listen to the, oh, I don't know, 300 episodes that we've already done because they're pretty good. Okay, well, look, let's wrap it up. We'll throw to Garth and Joel. You can have a listen to them. We'll be back soon. But as we said, keep your eyes on the social media streams. We'll be back in your ears before you know it. Bye. Safe. Love you. Take care, everyone. Talk soon. The following interview audio is courtesy of and wholly owned by ABC Radio. Garth Gray is from the Dice Men Cometh podcast. In fact, they just released episode 300 of uh, that podcast this week. Uh, so he is reviewing new games constantly, and he's also part of my regular Thursday night play date. Yes, I have a play date on Thursday night where me and my geek mates get together and play games. Garth is one of the people who's part of that as well. Good morning to you, Mr. Gray. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Joel. How are you? Oh, look, I am terrific. And what game did you play without me on Thursday night while I was kind of isolating myself? Uh, we decided to play Viticulture, where we were all rival vineyard owners trying to make the best red, white, rosé and sparkling. And unfortunately, I didn't win, but I had a couple of glasses along the way as well. <laughs> so what is the mechanic for that? How, what do you actually have to do to, to make the right wines? Well, look, it's a really interesting mechanic because it's uh, done in the seasons of the year. So you start with springtime where essentially you're just getting everything in into water. You're making sure if you've planted enough grapes, you're making sure that you've got the right varietals. Uh, moves through autumn where you'll have some guests turn up, which are basically car-driven mechanic, and they might allow you to earn a bit of extra income or upgrade the quality of some wine. And then in winter, you're, you're picking the wine, taking them off the, the vines, 
putting them on your crush pad and then ultimately moving them across into your cellar to, to let them age. And as every year goes by, they get better and better quality. So it's a really simple game. It normally plays in only an hour, but as you can attest to on Thursday nights, we usually do play a, pay quite a high gaming tax. So we may have stayed around talking till about one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> what are the kind of broad categories of games that you see coming out now in terms of uh, tabletop games? Oh, look, there are categories for everybody. But I guess when I think about the games that I choose to play with friends and family, it really comes down to games that are suitable for the, for the younger kids. I've got a nine and a 12-year-old. Games that are suitable for younger kids and adults playing together cooperative games where you're playing against the mechanics of the game and then you've got your your heavy strategy competitive games and a lot of the time that's where us as a, in inverted commas hardcore gamers find ourselves and in that category again you've got two styles you've got your euro style so games primarily designed out of, of europe which are essentially resource management games my my job in this game is to get stuff turn it into better stuff and maximise an engine that'll allow me to get a lot of victory points and therefore win. Otherwise, you've got Ameritrash games coming from primarily North America, and they are big games full of big plastic miniatures where you're stomping around the board, squishing each other and having big fights. Not a lot of strategy and tactics, but, geez, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and where are you finding the most pleasure at the moment, in the, in the refinement of the Euro games or in the uh, energy of the Ameritrash? Oh, look, ask me on any different day and it'll be, be a very different experience because I'm finding myself, thankfully, playing more and more games with my kids because the, the downside, obviously, of what we're going through at the moment is soccer, swimming, music, all of these activities are cancelled. Mm. So we're finding ourselves with a lot of extra time uh, outside of school hours. So I'm playing either cooperative games a lot with my kids because they, they enjoy all being on the same team as, as mum and dad or lighter competitive games that might only take you know, 15 minutes, half an hour so that everyone's attention span is maintained and then we can go on and do something else. You're keeping a nine-year-old entertained and then you've you got to move on to something fairly quickly, don't you? Absolutely. You've got to take the good times while you can and appreciate there's another horrible <laughs> YouTube clip that she wants to watch. <laughs> now, now, what is the, the game du jour uh, at the, uh, the Grey household for playing with the kids? So, you know, what's a competitive game you can play with a, a nine, ten-year-old? Oh, look, the couple that have been table favourites at the moment, the first one is called Flying Goblins, uh, and this is published by Yellow, which is a, a French publisher. Uh, in this game, the box of the game actually is, is forming what you're trying to do because you open the lid of the box and there is a four by four grid within it made up of cardboard walls and each player has a little wooden catapult and a collection of goblins from the little grunt goblins up to the boss goblins and on your turn you're going to be flinging those goblins from your catapult into the box and each little section of the box allows you to do something. You might get some money, which will allow you to buy more goblins, or you might get some gems, which allows you to get closer to winning, or you might be able to steal some money or gems from uh, your fellow players. And it's just good fun flinging stuff through the air. Uh, we all love it. Everyone has a laugh. And ultimately, we don't really care who wins. We've just had about a half an hour of good flinging fun. And also, I guess, from a current situation um, attitude, we all have our own pieces. So you're only ever touching your own stuff. 
uh, which means that obviously we're, we're being able to keep a little bit of, of safe distance between us. So that's a game that actually has a physical component and you've got to aim and you've got to do that sort of thing. So do many games have that or are most of them more about moving tiles around a board? Oh, I think the vast majority of them are moving things around a board or using cards, but there's certainly a large number of dexterity games that you would find out there. And obviously one of the most well-known ones would be something like Jenga. But this one is just Flying Goblin. It's just found a really nice place on our table lately, and we've probably played it a dozen times in the last week or two. Very nice. Okay, moving up to a cooperative game. Can you give us a, a, a solid example of a cooperative game? Uh, yes, I can, and you, you may or may not like it, but it is actually <laughs> called Pandemic. So it is arguably the most famous cooperative game in the board gaming world. It's been out for a long, long time. Mm. And in this game, up to four players are playing, comp- comp- I'll say sort of competitive, but really mainly cooperative specialists. So we're all working together to try and eradicate up to four diseases that have spread over the world. And if we succeed, hallelujah. If we fail, the uh, unfortunate diseases have taken over. So it is a very publicly accessible game. You will find it in any board game shop or sort of a nerdy counterculture types of shops. It's certainly in the shops in in Hobart and Tasmania. It is simple to teach, so mechanically very simple. It is obviously very thematically appropriate at the moment, and again, (laughs) it has stood the test of time. I've actually played the uh, the Harry Potter cooperative kind of uh, deck-building game. The Hogwarts Battle? Yeah, and it's it's marvellous. It's very complex. If you've never played a game like this, it'll take you, you'll have to play it once to really understand it. But it's quite marvellous in that you actually play through the different uh, books. Mm-hmm. And book one, the enemies are the enemies from book one, and the friends are the friends from book one, and the things you can get are the spells that he learned in book one. Uh, it's, it, it's quite marvellous, but uh, we've really enjoyed playing that. But yeah, it does take a... Because that's the thing, if you don't know someone who knows the game, you've got to have a test game where you just try it out, don't you? Absolutely, but also the the rise of YouTube tutorials has been really fantastic. Ah. So there there are amazing board game how to play um, content creators out there. So almost every board game, if you type the name of that board game and rules or how to play, there will be a video for it because in this hobby, there's a big disconnect between the games that you find in your Kmart's and Woolworth's and what have you and the games that you find in a, in a board game shop. And, and mm. for a lot of uh, people, it's a big jump to go from your Monopolies and your Scrabbles, which we've all known because we've all played since we were zero years old, through to these games that just are, are, are a bit more complicated. So having the uh, rules explanations all available on a video is fantastic. You're listening to ABC Radio Hobart and ABC Northern Tasmania. I'm Joel Reinberger. With me is Garth Gray who is from the Dice Men Cometh podcast, and we're talking about the current expanding craze of tabletop gaming and the, the number of new games that are available. Now, the, the third category that you mentioned, Garth, was the big, highly complicated strategy games. What, what's, what's a, a top seller in that kind of realm? Oh, look, at the moment, arguably one of the, the highest selling ones for, for recent me- memory is either going to be Terraforming Mars or a game called Scythe. Now, in those games, obviously terraforming Mars is quite self-explanatory. You are going to Mars and you are terraforming it. So you're turning this barren wasteland into, hopefully, a lush and uh, habitable environment. 
That's come out now for a few years and has been a continual bestseller and very popular. And then Scythe is arguably one of the biggest Kickstarter successes. And you, you mentioned that in your introduction. It is a glorious alternative European 1920s history game where there are giant mechs roaming the wasteland. So you've got this 1920s art and aesthetic style mixed with giant mechs having big battles over wasteland. It's a, it's a really fun game. It takes, like you said, a, a play or two just to really get your head around the rules and the mechanics, but there is a lot of uh, online support to make the learning it a mm. bit easier. Uh, and then you've also got another one which is, is not so complicated, but it is certainly adult, and it's called Mansions of Madness. It is a Cthulhu-based game where you're working cooperatively against the mechanics of the game, and it's a dungeon crawler. You'll, you'll start on one tile of the board game, and using a brilliant companion app, the game evolves and spreads out before you as you explore new rooms. You reveal treasures or items that will help you fight cultists or monsters or what have you, and it is so thematically appropriate. It is so engaging and a big challenge as well. Now, Garth, uh, if we can finish up, uh, a few recommendations, if, if you would please. Uh, what are games that people can buy in, in game stores in Tasmania uh, that, that they may never have heard of that you have been looking at in the last year and you would recommend that uh, people have a look at? Oh, absolutely. So, look, for the, for the younger kids and families who want to play a game together who like story, there is a great game called Stuffed Fables, so it's been around a little while now, but it's a cooperative game. So that makes life easier for younger kids because mum or dad can help out mm. playing the game together. Uh, essentially, you're all playing stuffed toys, uh, protecting your, uh, I guess, your your daughter or your son, whoever you have been guarded to, to protect. Uh, and you're just going through stories about the, the child's life as the stuffed toy, um, trying to help them out. And it's a really good little story game where each different scenario can be played in about 15 or 20 minutes and it makes up an overarching story that might take a couple of hours of gameplay. But you can leave it on the table and every every so often play it for 15 or 20 minutes. That's brilliant. For uh, other kids as well, a, a lovely game called Hey, That's My Fish, which is where you're playing as rival penguins trying to collect the most fish. It's a very simple game takes about 10 or 15 minutes and it's available in almost all gaming stores that I've seen in, uh, in Tasmania. And then rather than talk about a specific game, there is a company called Harbour, H-A-B-A, and they are experts in children's games ranging for kids from almost nothing to you know, teenagers and above. If you go to a gaming shop and see a game that is a bright yellow box, chances are it's a harbour game and you can almost be assured it's going to be good quality. So those ones are for the for the young kids. Yep. Um, for all ages, and that's important now because we're, again, hanging out together, um, there's a great game called Just One. It's a light party game where each round one person will blindly draw a card that has some words on it. They'll choose one of those words without knowing what it is and everyone else around the table has to write down one word that they think will help the person guess that secret word on the card. They will all reveal those words. If there are any that are the same, they be removed from the game, so it makes life a bit tricky for the person guessing. It's a game that you can play for five minutes or five hours. It just is you play it until it stops being fun, mm. and there's no real interaction in terms of touching physical componentry, which is important. And then, Joel, for the, for the big gamers and for people who want to really get into something meaty, 
you cannot go past Gloomhaven, which is arguably the biggest game in terms of how much space it takes up, as well as how long you can play it for. There are. I've seen the box at your house. There. It is enormous. It is an enormous <laughs> box of stuff at your house, that Gloomhaven Absolutely. Box. So it is a brilliant game. You will lose yourself for hundreds of hours should you want to. Hey, everyone. It's your angry neighbourhood, Scott, here. Are you sick of your friendly neighbourhood Leon popping up halfway through the podcast every time and asking you to jump onto Patreon? Well, you know how you can get rid of him. How about you actually contribute to Patreon? Personally, I like to feed a dice man once a year at LFG, and this year I'm planning on feeding all three. But quite frankly, if you don't appreciate the work that the dice men are doing, why are you want this podcast at all? Why don't you chuck him a few dollars... It's as easy as giving a dollar a month. You won't even know it missing. And of course, you'll be supporting great broadcasting and Australian board gaming. Bye for now. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their flagship events, LFG Sydney and LFG SN Unplugged as well as their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.